The last few weeks, we've been talking about phonological awareness and how important it is to drill down to the most basic skill deficit to make real progress in reading for our struggling students. Welcome to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to incorporate phonics skills throughout the school day and how to improve your phonics small group time to be the best that it can be. Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. Phonics small group time tends to be either the best or worst part of many teachers' days. When small group time is run well, the transitions are seamless, and the students really get just a lot of important intervention time. When it isn't run well, the frustration is real. It's really real. So what do we do to make sure that phonics small group time is effective and doesn't make us rip our hair out? First of all, go into this time with a firm understanding of your students' skill deficits. Reteaching skills the students have mastered during intensive learning time is a waste. Use that time to teach things they haven't mastered. Use universal screeners or standardized assessments to identify specific skill deficits and make sure you group your students accordingly. Next, have a solid plan for what you want to teach in your phonics small groups, as well as practice materials that the students can do when they're not at your table. If you have three or four rotations, choose two activities which review skills taught the week prior and one that the student can use to practice from the skill for this week. This is going to help the students engage in the meaningful activities while emphasizing the progress they have made. Students are more motivated to do work that they know they're able to do, so practicing skills from the previous week helps to solidify that learning while building overall confidence. Now, a little aside, I know all of us get just kind of bogged down in all the things with, you know, planning and all the materials that have to be done, but your small group time is not the time to start winging it. You don't want to be the person that sits down at that table and goes, hmm, I guess we're going to work on today. Go into your small group intervention time with a plan. It is going to make massive results for you and your students. When you're planning your small group instruction, check for any prerequisite skills that could help to make this this new skill easier. For example, practicing manipulating initial sounds in words, which is a phonemic awareness skill, before teaching word families helps students to better grasp the more complex phonics skill. Starting out a lesson with a success helps 
it, it just builds up the students. It keeps them motivated and engaged in what they're working on. Plus, sometimes you uncover some underlying weaknesses, which would sabotage that skill that you were trying to teach in your phonics small group. Practicing the prerequisite skills should not be a big part of your time, like two or three minutes tops in most cases. But it can really set up your phonics small group for super success. Finally, make sure that you know what you're going to be using to progress monitor your students so that it's ready to go when you are. Like we said before, continuing to teach already learned skills throughout the small group time is a waste of intensive learning time. Instead, progress monitor the students so that you know when they've mastered that skill and you are ready to move on to more advanced skills. That's how you keep that momentum going, right? Weekly progress monitoring, it helps teachers to make sure that their students are making progress while not stagnating on skills just because the curriculum says to work on a skill for an extra three weeks. To really fill in those skill gaps, we have to teach the skills intensely, then move on once they're mastered. Students and teachers do not have time to stagnate on skills just because a certain curriculum outline says a certain skill takes three weeks to learn. Once mastery is met, move on to bigger and better things. Yes, practice it, come back to it, you know, spiral teaching and all that stuff. But the fact is, we kind of get stuck as teachers in our, our small group time. And a lot of this is, I'll be honest, it's directed by districts that give a boxed curriculum, a boxed intensive curriculum, and they say, hey, you have to get from lesson 1A to 32-4, whatever, 8B, whatever, by the end of the first nine weeks. Guys, we're teachers, we're professionals. If a student has mastered a skill, Beating that skill in an additional three weeks without moving on to bigger things or at least exposing the kids to more advanced skills, we're wasting time. And as a school system, we've got to stop depending on boxed curriculum, formulaic curriculum to just tell us what to do. We know our babies. We know our students. We have to start using our progress monitoring data in intelligent ways to make the best decisions for our students so that they can make the fastest, most effective progress possible. All of this helps students to keep moving forward. They see their own progress, seeing the results of their hard work and their increased reading abilities on their grade level text. That's always the key. We're trying to get these kids on grade level, right? Okay, so having a procedure from transitioning from one task to another, as well as what students should do if they have questions or get their work done early, that's some things that we need to talk about too. So we talked about how to set up your intensive, uh, your intensive learning time. Now let's talk about some things that you can do to make that time just a little bit more effective. When students know the signal and expectations for transitions, that time becomes less of a waste and headache. 
Depending on your students, you may want to have a song everyone sings to indicate a group transition, or maybe counting has worked well. Um, That's worked really well for me and, and my students in the past. Make sure you practice the signal, whatever it is, and the transition a couple times and make a game out of it. Let them, you know, hand out stickers or whatever to whoever transitions the best or the most quickly or most effectively. This just helps to solidify for the kids that, hey, you expect this and you're going to call it out when you see that it's done really well. Teaching students what you want them to do when they have questions or get done early, it helps prevent those students from interrupting you so many times during your small group time, right? How many how many times in a day can one kid come up to you and ask one silly question after another? We've all been there. Instead, you could have the options posted on the wall or on the board so that the students don't have to come to you for help as often. Since our phonics small groups are often at different levels, plan a way to organize your lesson materials so that you can use them later on when another group is ready for them or next year when a new batch of students comes through. I like to package up the lesson materials together so that when the next small group's ready for it, all I have to do is pull out the box or the baggie instead of searching through to find all the materials and all that stuff. Also, I like keeping my lesson plans with the materials so that I can use them as an outline for the next group. I never use the exact same lesson plan or sequence because, you know, every group is different. But having an outline, it really saves me some mental energy. It's really helpful when I'm thinking about what prerequisite skills to use to support the new skill like we talked about. If I don't even have to think about it because it's already in my plan and the materials are there, that just makes my life so much easier. As always, I strongly encourage teachers to collaborate on their phonics small group planning or any small group planning, quite frankly. Even if you choose not to follow the plan exactly, it is so nice to have a jumping off point, kind of like those outlines that I just talked about. Having an outline, an example, something to start with makes filling in things that work, especially well for your students, really easy. When we work together and work smarter, not harder, not only do our students perform better, but our phonics small group time, it just becomes a thing of joy instead of a thing of just horrible frustration. Next week, we're going to talk about ways to improve vocabulary in the lower grades. I'm excited for the next couple weeks because we're going to work on specific ways to help our students master skills and make some really massive progress this year. Until next time, may your coffee be strong, your summer long, and your time off relaxing.